Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Gorilla Bananas. Perfection, purity, righteous, holy, blameless, sinless, and yes, you guessed it, it's about the health benefits of bananas. Nope. <laughs> but perhaps by the time we give fuller attention to this message, we may wish it was about bananas. And you guessed it, this one is also a series to which this is episode one of a seven-part series. So by now you know that there is no point in asking what's with the titles at all. Just go through and get yours. That's your goal and point for deciding that this may be one of the best messages you've ever heard from the Holy Spirit thus far. Surely it won't be because of my oratorical misgivings regarding my faulty pronunciations. Yes, boom, that just came out of my head. I know I'm seeing someone for that. LOL. So what happened to the trophy for everyone mentality? It went out the window when you became an authentically born-again believer. Yep. Winning is no longer an objective because winning and losing doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. Well, the way we used to interpret it anyways. Right or wrong exists, and we know this because God created the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 2.9 And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 2.17 But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Genesis 3.5 For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Before I return to the car, let me say that this was a draw for humanity, to be like God. And yet somehow it wasn't good enough that we were already like God in image and in likeness. It's kind of strange that although we see the fall of humanity in our unhealthful draw and attraction to be like God, and the mystery that we would be able to judge the difference between good and evil, something that we are terrible at, that we still want to be like gods. We see it all through humanity and history and today, where people are trying to be like any variety of false gods that exist, because they were created by none other than man himself. You see that we be in the habit that if we don't like what one god represents, then we jump ship and join ourselves to another. And does this still not happen with church folk today? There are cults premised on the idea that when you die, you become a god. Pray for them as they commit the same sin that was committed in the garden and are unaware of it. So if you understand that because sin, invited by our rebellion, has changed the course of our future history, you get then that we were born in the wrong, evil by our natures, in our natures, absent of the capacity to do good with a pure heart, incapable of judging with consistent accuracy the difference between good and evil. We blindly saw the power in being or sitting in the position of a judge, as opposed to leaving it to God to handle the affairs of good and evil. Crazy, yep, and it gets crazier. It was supposed to happen that way, and God knew it would. Be it Adam or Jim, Bob or Bruce, they still would have listened to Eve or Jane or Sally, or even Ditsy. The plan was to take the place that God could demonstrate his love for us. The fall was intended to launch the biggest rescue mission, to ever exist. We know as authentic born-again believers we have an unusual destiny awaiting us, both in heaven and for now on earth. Mark 10:27. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. 
So what will the all things are possible look like when time is wrapped up? I'm not sure, but it is a verse for now, no doubt. And in the following message, you will surely learn that without God, nothing is impossible, including the aforementioned. So keep the all in the back of your progression into the rabbit hole. So now we'll talk about some of the attributes which seem to have some impossible requests. Perfection, Matthew 5, 48. Therefore you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Matthew 19, 21. Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. Wait, so what just happened? We were just talking about the fall, and now we're talking about perfection. Yes, you see, because in this message, which is intended to go to the places we often overlook as we read our Bibles, because it is easier to say that, yes, someday we will be perfect, and that is what the Scripture must be saying. Yes, someday. Nope, it is saying now. Jesus said to be perfect as a Father in heaven is perfect. What? So we got in a mess because we were trying to be fully like God, and now Jesus is saying to be perfect like his Father? Weren't we there in the Garden of God before the fall? The pastor, Norman B. Grubb, chatted this topic up in one of his books. And yes, it startled me because, like you, I believe Jesus was talking about the future me. So, but I'm not going to unpack this, as I actually have a different reason for this message, and I want to stick to it, maybe. I think I should try and explain each of what little I know, as this is a complex message, as you will see in the end. We are not left to ourselves to try and understand complex things in the Bible until we are ready to receive the revelation of it. Then the Holy Spirit opens up his can of whip. Anyway, let's ride. Ephesians 4.13 Until we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So we see in this first example that unity in faith and the knowledge of Jesus can make us perfect. That, in fact, is the definition of being perfect in this example. So rubber to road, looks like you are reading your Bible on the regular, and then when you go, yes, go to church, unless you are an itinerant minister or have a ministry moving about like a traveling circus, that you focus on unity, not criticism, judging, hating, or hating haters, but focusing on the bond of unity towards your on-earth heavenly family. Colossians 1.28 until we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Saying the same as above, Colossians 4.12, Epirus, who is one of you, a bondservant of Christ, greets you always, laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. In Ephesians, we see a great example of standing, so we can see that one of the many facets of perfection, as far as Colossians is concerned, is that we engage spiritual warfare fully armored. There is a bunch of instruction that goes along with Ephesians 6, but we move to stick to the consistent road. Ephesians 6, 13, 14. Therefore take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Hebrews 6.1 Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. So in this definition, it looks like perfection is defined by spiritual maturity. 
Spiritual maturity is defined by the activity you take to grow as a disciple, and that you are in a church that is equipping you for the work of ministry. By doing this, we move away from dead works and increase our opportunity to also grow in our faith towards God. Now you see why we don't have time to point fingers at one another or to cry that the world is an awful place. Yes, I included this because I have been around enough Christian circles to have toxicated my ears with such thoughts and speakings. Well, that's it for today. Sometimes it's good to stop a message just after a sarcastic response. Maybe I should just stop being sarcastic then, and I wouldn't have to stop. <laughs> Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from them. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, still and destroy the works of the enemy, and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Find a seat and click on the like and subscribe buttons. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.